Welcome to Ahead of the Curve, the Scoliosis Experience Podcast, where my aim is to empower individuals with scoliosis and movement professionals alike by providing free, up-to-date information on scoliosis management and treatment. My goal is to improve the quality of life for those with scoliosis and equip movement professionals with the knowledge and skills needed to effectively support them. Hi, welcome back to Ahead of the Curve. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Teed. I'm so glad that you're back with us again. Hopefully you've been enjoying the episodes. Today, we are going to be talking about debunking the myth of low-impact exercise for scoliosis. I'm going to talk a little bit about why people feel that You should be doing low-impact exercises with scoliosis, why that's not exactly the case, and how to make cardio fun with scoliosis. Also, some little tips as far as making it more comfortable, and um, we'll kind of wrap up with that. So um, I just want to do a little bit of an update. I... uh, have been kind of going down this rabbit hole (laughs) of information on tongue ties. I had a little interview with um, Dr. Laura Glazebrook a few weeks ago, but I don't think that episode will air until after this episode, which makes that kind of confusing for you. (laughs) My recording schedule is a little bit wacky um, with the way that I have things set up, but um, during that interview, which you will hear in the future, we get into a discussion about tongue ties and how um, she, Laura, Dr. Laura, who has scoliosis, has had surgery for her scoliosis. She discovered in adulthood that she has a tongue tie. And then that made me kind of think, okay, well, maybe I have a tongue tie. And she talked more about the research that she's found and that she's been doing about the potential correlations between tongue ties and scoliosis. So I've been doing my own little investigation for myself and I've self-diagnosed myself as having a tongue tie. And I have a, an appointment scheduled with a myofunctional therapist. Um, she's known as the uh, tongue doctor, the tongue doctor, the tongue therapist on Instagram. And um, I have like a kind of an assessment process that I have to go through where I have to take pictures. She's sending me a kit with, I think, like things to like, open my mouth awkwardly (laughs) so that she could see better. Um, Anyway, if you do discover that you have a tongue tie in adulthood, there's a really simple procedure for getting it released. It's a little laser that they use to release the tongue tie. It helps to improve your breathing, your speech, your pain levels. So a lot of people that have tongue ties, they have significant neck and shoulder tightness, headaches, jaw pain. I uh, will be taking you along on this journey with me and 
I hope to learn and discover a lot about myself and about, you know, the potential help that 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 is out there for people that have tongue ties and scoliosis. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure you're following me on Instagram. I have been just kind of sharing some information that I've been learning about tongue ties and my stories over there. And a lot of people are commenting and and saying, yeah, I, I think that I do too. So um, yeah, that, that'll be a fun journey to be going on with you. So, uh, let's get into the topic of today's episode. Um, so as we know, and as I've talked about before, scoliosis doesn't just affect your spine. It affects all of the systems of the body every joint, every muscle, everything is connected always. So with your curve, you will have an impact on your cardiovascular function because of the way that the curve twists and turns. Um, It may uh, impact one lung more than the other. Usually it impacts the lung that's on your concave side That's the side that um, is the hollow shape and it's more compressed on that side. The ribs are closer together on that side. So the lung has a bit less room to expand on your inhales. And then also your diaphragm is impacted and that's another part of your cardiovascular system. So Diaphragm often with people with scoliosis is elevated and kind of stiff and it has a difficult time kind of dropping down on that inhalation the way that someone without scoliosis might be able to have better movement of that diaphragm than somebody with scoliosis. And also the heart is impacted. Um, So... We kind of touch on this in scoliosis-specific exercise, the importance of doing cardiovascular work as an adjunct to your scoliosis-specific exercises. Um, Sometimes I feel like it gets a little bit neglected and overlooked as to how important it is for people to have that as a focus in their routine throughout the week in addition to their corrective exercises. So um, I was looking through some studies as I was putting together some notes and my outline for the podcast today, and there have been some studies done in China um, where they look at adolescent uh, females and they do they have two groups one group gets no treatment the other group gets high impact cardiovascular exercise that they're doing 5 days a week and it's like a 7 minute routine nice and quick um and 
The reason that they chose high impact exercise is because people with scoliosis, they tend to have lower bone mineral density and they also have lower muscle mass um, throughout the body. So that's why they chose the high impact exercise to see if they could make a change and a difference on those conditions. So they followed um, the two groups for a year total and found that bone mineral density improved and uh, muscle mass also improved in the group that was receiving the treatment of the high intensity exercise or high impact exercise. Um, so yes, this was tested on adolescents, but I can assure you that there's good carryover into adulthood. Um, like my osteoporosis episode mentioned, again, people with scoliosis, because we tend to have a lower bone mineral density than people without scoliosis, we're more prone to develop osteoporosis later in life. So it's important to be implementing some of these things as a proactive measure so that you don't get to the point where you have osteoporosis later in life. Um, so, excuse me, part, part of um, the myth that I would like to debunk is there's a thought out there that people with scoliosis need to be doing low impact exercise in order to reduce the impact on their spine. And that's really not necessarily the case. Um, it's important, kind of like I was saying, for you to have that high impact um, force all throughout the body. So every joint, every muscle, every ligament can benefit from high impact exercise. Now, I have a caveat. If you are um, you're someone who does have osteoporosis, doing low impact exercise and cardio exercise like walking, that can be tremendously impactful. I, that's the wrong word. <laughs> that can be <laughs> tremendously powerful for improving your bone density. Um, I have a client who I've been working with and uh, just through adding in walking and a little bit of strengthening exercises, she's been able to improve her bone density um, 20%. So I think it's, oh shoot, 10% or 20%. Now I'm forgetting. Um, but she's gone from the category of being in the severe osteoporosis category to the regular osteoporosis category, which is a huge win. And that's only been since February. And when I'm recording this, it is July. So again, that, that's a big win. And you can improve your bone density without doing high impact exercise. 
it is again it's a it's a preventative measure to incorporate some high impact exercise earlier on in life if you can some high impact exercises that are suitable for scoliosis are pretty much anything you can think of um, so three that come to mind for for me is uh, running and plyometrics so jump roping and um, also dance so dance is considered a high impact exercise um, you get a little bit of jumping in there as well as quick changes of movement and um, it's fun <laughs> so the 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 benefits of high impact exercise for scoliosis kind of like I was saying it strengthens your bones and your muscles through weight bearing and the impact of you know either the jumping or the running um, it also helps to promote spinal stability and alignment. So even though they're not scoliosis specific, you are strengthening your body as a unit when you're doing high impact exercises. So that helps you to have the strength to be able to hold yourself in a more centered alignment as well. Um, it improves your overall fitness and your cardiovascular health wins, and it also helps your lymphatic flow. Okay, so if you are listening to this and you're like, I have no interest in doing high impact exercise, it's completely fine. There's a lot of really beneficial lower impact exercises that you can do that still help to improve your cardiovascular health. If you suffer with pain from your scoliosis and are looking for ways to reduce your symptoms, look no further. I have a free video that covers 10 simple exercises to help target scoliosis pain, improve balance, and strengthen muscles that you can do from the comfort of your own home. Watch it on your phone, tablet, or smart TV and start treating your scoliosis today. Grab your free video from the link in the show notes for this episode. And one of those is bike riding or spinning. And um, I personally love spinning. I have a Peloton and I do that about three days a week in addition to strength training and Pilates and running. Um, the reason I love Peloton so much, the reasons I love Peloton so much, <laughs> I could be here all day. Um, I love the instructors. And honestly, when I, I first tried my friend's Peloton, my friend Anna, she's the one that got me into Peloton. She, I was not excited about it. I had taken a spinning class, I think at the YMCA when I was growing up. And I just remember my butt hurt so badly afterwards. It felt like it was bruised. And I just was counting down the minutes until the stupid class was over. Um, 
But the Peloton, I feel, is a little bit different from that for several reasons. So one of the reasons is you can choose from hundreds of classes and I'm really motivated by music. So I um, usually choose my classes based off of the music selection. You can look at the playlist that the instructor is using um, beforehand. And then you also get a couple of your favorite instructors that you gather and accumulate over time. And that makes it more fun to a lot of them. You know, they like to make things interesting by telling stories or just like poking fun of themselves or something weird that's going on in the world at the moment. And um, the other thing that can be fun if you're a competitive person, there's a list of people that are in the class. They're taking the class with you or have taken the class in the past. And you kind of race and compete against each other, or you can just completely disregard that and get rid of the leaderboard if that's not something that interests you. Um, I am a bit competitive, so I like to look at that and give people high fives. You can like give people high fives if you have the energy to do that (laughs) during the class. Um, And then it shows you your output and your personal record of your highest output and, you know, calories, things like that. I don't really care about that. I care about my output and the amount of miles that I do in the class length time that I choose. So I usually like to just compete against myself, honestly, and Um, I love using the Peloton app for my running classes as well. So that was a long spiel about Peloton. I am not sponsored by Peloton, but Peloton, if you're listening, (laughs) I would not mind being uh, sponsored by you. Um, So yes, I don't get any sort of kickback for promoting them or talking about them, just so you know. I just have a huge affinity for them because they've really changed my life um, and kept me extremely disciplined. You know, I wouldn't even call it motivated because motivation, that's fleeting. The discipline is, is what makes the big difference in you sticking with your routine for a lifetime. Um, so... Okay, that is one form of low-packed cardiovascular exercise that is really great. And um, the other one is walking. So I love walking and recommending that to people because you get, it's easy. The barrier to entry is very low, so your excuses for not being able to walk, I'm sorry. (laughs) You can find five, 10 minutes in your day to get out and do a quick walk outside. Um, Or even around your house if it's cold and freezing, rain or raining, um, 
just finding some time to get up and walk throughout the day. It helps to lower your blood sugar. It helps to improve your mood, um, relieve pain, and it improves your cardiovascular health as well. Um, bonus points, if you can do that walk outside because you're getting the extra benefit of um, being in the outdoors, which is, again, good for your mind, your parasympathetic nervous system, really taking the time to look around at the scenery, at the trees, the flowers, the dogs, <laughs> um, and also you get the benefit of vitamin D from the sun. And then my... My third cardiovascular low impact exercise would be swimming. And that means actually swimming, not going swimming or hanging out the pool like I do on my little raft. <laughs> um, but swimming is really good for cardiovascular health. Um, even, you know, the, the swimming underwater is beneficial for lung capacity and that that nice expansion that you get um, through having to hold your breath is a little added bonus. Granted, you are not going to get the benefit of uh, improving your bone density. You might get a little bit of mus muscular strength from swimming. Um, but the cardiovascular aspect is, is really great. Um, so just a couple of things that are helpful for me to keep in mind. And I try to tell my clients to keep in mind little tips, tricks to help you feel better uh, while you're doing your cardio and afterwards. So I recommend doing expansive breathing exercises before you go on a run or do a bike ride that's more higher level and more intense. A couple of reasons for that. Um, it helps to improve lung ex uh, rib expansion before you go and you place a demand on those ribs and on those lungs during your run, during your bike ride, whatever form of exercise you do. I know for me personally, when I don't do that before I go for a run, my rib convexity gets very irritated, especially by the end of the run. And I think it's a combination of beginning my run in an already like partially rotated baseline position with my ribs and with my spine and then you are adding in that additional little bit of rotation all throughout the run so if you can kind of counter that a bit before you go on the run I think you're going to be better off more comfortable um, additionally it helps with your cardiovascular output to do those breathing exercises before you go on your run after the run, I recommend obviously doing a little bit of a walk, a little bit of a cool down and some gentle stretches, and then doing your pull-up bar elongations. 
a lot of these exercises that I recommended, they encourage rotation in your tissues and your spine all throughout. So jumping over and doing your pull-up bar elongations is really help, helpful to do afterwards so that you're not, um, you know, kind of walking around in that rotated position uh, for the rest of the day. So hopefully I gave you um, some a good idea as far as why it's completely okay to do high impact cardio exercises if you have scoliosis. It is not a restrictive death sentence. Um, you can do everything that you would like to do. With that in mind, if you don't want to do high impact exercises, you have a lot of options. So, um, you know, find something that you enjoy doing that you will be able to stick with, commit to, and then you'll get the most benefit out of it because you eliminate a lot of the barrier to entry. Um, so that is it for today's episode. Um, I hope that you stay well, and then until next time, stay ahead of the curve.